show you'll love my comedy album adam sank live from the stonewall inn <gasps> oh my goodness what fellatio really available on amazon itunes and google play i want to take this opportunity to thank everyone for participating in the season of giving on the Derek and remain show this is how i got a chance to be a part of this amazing program as an intern my name is Taraji, I am 20 years old and I'm originally from Rwanda, which is in Africa. I went through a lot growing up as a transgender woman in Africa until I moved in New York, where I hoped to find freedom and a good job. I have been here for one year and in that time I started my transitioning, got my GED and started working at the DNR studios. I am so thankful for the Derek and Romaine show because this is my first job and a good start for building up my resume. Due to the skills I have attained, I've also had a chance to have food and save money up. Your donations matter because they help people just like me and every intern who come through at the DNR studio doors. Please go to www.gaycenter.org slash DNR to make your donation today. Help make the positive change in today's youth just like you did for me. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. Okay. I hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no moss, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only... Yes, we are so happy to be here. This is Adam Sank. Welcome to the Podcast Award-nominated Adam Sank Show. We are live if you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on October 6th. Is my mic on? It sounds weird for some reason. Uh, Ooh, I, f- mm. I feel like you sound amazing. Yes. I sound diffuse. Hear me. What's going on? Okay, so now, now I know what we have to do. Now I'm gonna have to switch mics, like, cause you're not the only one who's having this problem. Yeah. Oh, right oh now I sound better. <gasps> Hello. Hi. Hi. Now I sound like myself. Hey, Hi, everyone. Are. If you missed what I said at the beginning, welcome to the Adam Sank Show. <laughs> it was really important. Um, yes, as I said, today is Saturday, October sixth. Call in and talk to us. We are live. Eight four four. Eight two five five three six seven. Leave me your ratings and reviews on iTunes. You can email us uh, at Adam Ryan or JB at AdamSank.com. And whatever you do, please register to vote. Go to vote.org. Uh, we are about to confirm a probable sexual predator and a definite partisan to the Supreme Court. And that would not have happened if Hillary Clinton had won the election. So when you say elections don't matter and your vote doesn't matter, uh, Go fuck yourself, because they do. Because <laughs> they absolutely do. Um, our guest today is Dr. Evan Goldstein, Ass Doctor to the Stars. We've talked about him many times on the show. Today we will be talking to him about uh, uh, tips that you can use to be a better top, or a better bottom, mm. or a better verse. Mm. Uh, with me, as always, today is my beautiful co-host, Ryan Frostig. Hi. And my beautiful associate producer, JB. Hi. No applause. I'm trying. I'm now in charge of uh, the sound Thank effects. Thank you. At least the random Thank sound you, everyone. Board. And I'm, uh, I'm having fun. I'm drunk with power that I have my own soundboard. Um, listen, I have some breaking news, Ryan. Yes. We lost the podcast <laughs> we, award. We sure did. We lost to Derek and Romaine. We are Shame. losers, but... 
but they won. They and won. And that makes me happy. I really didn't want to lose, but if I had to lose to anyone, I was hoping it would be them. them. And they won. Of course they won. Yeah. For the second year in a row, Congrats. they are the best LGBTQ podcast, period. We're the second best. End of okay. sense. But there is some good news about the ass. Tell me. There's something happening with men in the ass. Is and not just news? men, because we have over 3,000. I'm sorry. Let me back up. We have over 30,000 downloads. Wow. 30,000. That's amazing. The ass has been downloaded 30,000 times just since a year ago when we started uploading it. Incredible. Yeah, that applause goes on forever. Let it never end. CJB usually fades it, but I can't. Sure. I don't have the power to do that. Wait, I, us- I usually fade it and then just turn it down. And I or turn it off. So after I fade it, it'll just turn it off. With you, you just have to click it off. So I'll fade it. All right. After three seconds of it playing, just remember push this it is, again. You know, we're it's a learning. We're it's learning. Learning, curve. We're learning. It's all yeah. Um, what else? Matt Turnauer, our guest uh, two weeks ago. Do you remember the yes, director I, of that do. documentary? So he felt so bad about missing his. Uh, basically not picking up when we called him for his phoner. He was like 10 minutes. The segment was delayed by 10 minutes because he forgot to pick up. Anyway, he felt so bad. He sent me profuse apologies. His assistant sent me apologies. And they're sending us a bottle of wine, hmm. which they've now tried to deliver twice to the DNR studios. It keeps being Been rejected for some reason. Um, not by anyone here. They, they would gratefully accept wine. Here. Sure. But uh, the, something's going on with the Something's well, thanks, happening man. with HR men in the ass. stands for House Rosé. Exactly. So they're going to try delivering it to my house. But Matt, thank you. You are more than forgiven. Yes, Matt. Shit happens. You were a great guest, and we will have you on again. Um, okay. What else? Well, Ryan, mm-hmm. first of all, we have a packed show. It's a lot. So to we, can't, we can't bullshit. I still feel unpack. like I sound weird to myself. Charles and Cornhole, if you're listening, call us at 844-825-5367. <laughs> Tell us how, how I sound, how Ryan sounds, how JB sounds. I'm very concerned that something's something's happening. With I the think ass. that, yeah, there's something going on with your mic because I feel like I am hot. You are so much louder than me, and usually it's the other it's way the around. It's the other way around. And I have a loud I'm ass I'm not mad voice. about it. All right, so... We are going to start out with news involving not one, but two former guests of the Adam Sank Show. Yeah. Two people that we've had on this podcast made national headlines this week. So we're going to start with Honey Davenport. Yes. This story is a little complicated. This is complicated and it's huge. It's a really important story and it, it, it happened here in New York City and it involves a very popular gay bar slash performing space called The Monster. Yes. The Monster is like... It's a really old-fashioned gay bar. It's, it's below, an institution. It's an institution. It's, it's in the heart of Greenwich Village, basically across the street from Stonewall. Yeah. And there's a downstairs, which is kind of a party room. Okay, that there's Charles calling in. Um, upstairs, there's a piano bar. Mm-hmm. And there they also have drag performances, I guess, downstairs. Yes. And Honey is a regular performer there. Right. Okay. There's also a DJ who works there. Uh, various nights, including uh, when Honey does her show, and his name is Mitch Farino. Mitch Farino made a flyer for the night that um, Honey was going to be performing there for a, a party called Manster. And the flyer showed her and another drag queen, Fifi Dubois, and then two very sexy male dancers uh, who happened to be people of color. Right. Um, either African American or maybe Latino, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but you know, yeah. darker skinned go-go boy types. Uh, he sent the flyer to the club's manager, whose name is Italo... Help me out, Ryan. This is so complicated. Oh, um, Italo know. Lopez. He's like, hey, Italo, here's the flyer for the show. Italo wrote back, I don't like it. It looks like we're promoting Black Knight. We need to change it, please. Yikes. And then he says, need a beautiful man and the drag needs to be smaller. And Mitch wrote back. Mitch is a white guy, by the way. Mitch wrote back, Italo, those men are beautiful. LOL. Italo wrote back, yes, but it looks like we are promoting Black Knight. And I don't like to get into Black Knight. People cool get the, people could, I guess he meant to say, get the wrong idea. And it's not good for the business. Mitch Farino was so upset about this that he contacted the general manager excuse me the owner of the monster Italo is the general manager he contacted a guy whose name is I wish I I have it all in front of me but it's Charlie Rice all right so now now we got Mitch Farino the DJ who's upset Mm -hmm. because Italo the general manager has made this racist remark about this flyer 
So he sends it. Uh, he tells Charlie, the owner, listen, like Italo said this and I have a problem with it. And Charlie basically said it's Italo's decision. Right. So Mitch forwarded the entire conversation a, a screen grab of the conversation to Honey Davenport and shit hit the fan. And here's what happened when Honey did her show the other night. So thank you so much for your love and support. But I can't do this here anymore. I encourage you to support the monster as much as you can. But as for me and for my friends, I cannot be a part of this anymore. If you don't want my people at the party, I won't be there. That loud sound you heard at the end was her throwing the mic down. Was a down. mic drop. Yeah. yeah. That, this happened, by the way, a week ago. It was uh, last Saturday night. So, uh, Honey, after making that announcement, reposted the screen grabs that Mitch had sent her. Mitch reposted them, and Mitch also posted a conversation that he had after the fact with Rice, the owner, in which Rice basically said, like, this is all your fault. Like you made this happen. Right. And so it's crazy. So now, uh, and subsequently, Italo was fired from the monster. So now there's this very justified outrage yeah. among uh, most LGBTQ people in New York, especially people of color. And, and they don't want to go to the monster at all. They want to completely boycott the monster as long as it's owned by this guy, Charlie Rice. Because, you know, having Italo fired or accepting his resignation is one thing, but Charlie Rice knew that Italo had done this and was yes. fine with it until, exactly. it until it went public. Right. So, and it's, it's brought up a much larger issue because people of color in New York and I'm sure in other cities have felt for a long time like they're unwelcome mm -hmm. in gay clubs and, and bars that are not specifically black. Right. You know, like they're sort of like the black clubs or the Latin clubs. But if you're going to a quote unquote white club, which the monster really isn't monsters meant to be for everyone. Yeah. Um, they feel often excluded, not welcome uh, and, and so forth. Of course, they'll have Honey Davenport and other drag queens of color performing there. Of course. But, but they want the patrons to be white. Yes. And they want the patrons to be more comfortable than the performers themselves. That's right. So I applaud Honey for what she did. I think it was I amazing. Too. I applaud Mitch Farino. I yes. think they're both heroes. And Absolutely. I, I don't know what's going to happen to the monster. It makes me sad, but I don't think anyone's going to go there as long as Mr. Rice is the owner. Yeah, it makes me really sad. I mean, you know, the monster is a, a special place um, for many LGBT people, LGBTQ plus people. But um, blatant racism is inexcusable. And um, I, I foresee it shutting down and then maybe reopening with a new owner. I hope so. I really hope it does. I, I tried to get Honey, by the way, uh, either in studio or on the phone today to talk about this, but she did not answer. I'm sure she's inundated because yeah. this made national headlines. Charles from Cornhole, you're on the air. Hey there, guys. How are you doing? I'm good, hey, Honey. Charles. How do we sound? Uh, actually, it is true. There seems to be a little bit of a difference between the two microphones. Um, but not not enough to impact my ability to hear what's going on on the Can you show. hear both of us loud and clear? Yeah. Adam, yeah, you sound a little louder than you did before. Okay. Well, the, uh, earlier on with the new studio setup, uh, a, a few tapings ago, um, there was a definite issue where I could hear Adam and I couldn't hear anybody else very clearly. Uh, I, I like it I that really, way. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, unless I really Shade. cranked it at my end. Um, real quick, I want to say, I, uh, after uh, listening to uh, your talk with Matt Turnauer, I pre-ordered the DVD, so I'm eagerly, eagerly awaiting oh, the good. DVD when it, when it drops in November, Yes, and I, I bought the book, <laughs> and so I'm halfway through Scotty Bauer's uh, full-service uh, memoirs. Yes, the name of the movie, once again, is Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood, and I do recommend it to, to everyone. Charles, you'll have to tell us what you think of it. I think you'll enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. It's supposed to drop on November 6th, so I'll be getting it up on or about that time. And I also want to applaud you guys' efforts with the fundraising through the Gay Men's Chorus. 
just to let you know. That, oh, well, thank you very much. That you're doing good work, very good work. Good try. So. Thank you for calling in and verifying that people can hear us today, Charles, and uh, keep listening as always. Bye, Charles. Oh, of course. I shall. Okay. Hi, Ryan. Hi. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, Bye. honey. So the other former guest that has made headlines this week, yes. for all the wrong reasons, is my dear friend, voice artist Rachel Butera. Uh, we had Rachel on the show just a couple months ago on the phone from Los Angeles, and <sighs> Rachel made a uh, recording of herself, a video, on the day that Christine Blasey Ford testified in front of the Senate about uh, Judge Kavanaugh's uh, having tried to assault her 35 years ago, in which Rachel imitated Dr. Ford's voice. I'm not going to play it. It's really good, good radio, yeah. but I'm not going to play it because yeah. I, I don't want to upset people any more than they already are. And also, it, for people, for survivors, um, I think it little, could be really triggering. Yeah. But let me just say this. I know Rachel. I've known Rachel for 10 years. She's a wonderful person. She does not have a, a hateful or mean-spirited bone in her body. And she's also like a true feminist, progressive. Like She believes Dr. Ford. She does not want Kavanaugh confirmed to the court. But she's a voice artist, and she's fascinated with people's voices. This is what she does for a living, and it's also kind of like her obsession. Sure. So when she hears an unusual voice like Dr. Ford has... Um, she just can't help herself. She does this every day. She does whoever's in the news. But normally, it, get, it the only people that pay attention are Rachel's fans. This time, it went viral immediately. People were outraged. And I get it. I yeah. understand. If you don't know her and you don't know that she does this all the time with, with various newsmakers, you would just think that she was attacking this survivor of sexual assault. Um, on a day when, she, when like on the hardest day yeah. of her life, when she's testifying in front of the Senate. Here's the thing. Rachel just was cast recently as Princess Leia in the Disney um, animated Star Wars series. And she also was cast on Murphy Brown as the voiced, voice of Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So as soon as this happened, people started calling for her to be fired. And it kills me because I've known her for so long. She has struggled for years. Yeah. To this make it as a like voice artist, which is break. the hardest field to, to succeed in. Right. And, and uh, you know, she shouldn't have done it. It was a mistake. But, like, I don't want to see her lose everything right. because of something that I know was not, um, was not ill intended. So she immediately deleted all. First she apologized. Then she deleted all of her social media and, like, just went underground. Yeah. So <clears throat> I've reached out to her just to let her know that, like, I love her and I'm here for her. And I also said, if you want to come on the show and talk about what happened, you're welcome to. But she's like, no, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> not really. <right laughs> right so I just I wish Rachel well if she's listening. And if you are one of those people out there who is horrified and angry and offended, you have a right to your feelings. But please know that if you if you trust me at all, it was not coming from a dark place in her. Yeah. She did not mean to hurt anyone. Yeah. The, and the timing she's suffering now yeah the timing wasn't great but um and i don't know her personally but i i do trust you and your judgment and um it, it's what she does you know it's like you know let's not uh ruin her life because of one mistake i don't know yeah i mean it is it's a mistake and also i feel like people are so angry right now and justifiably so sure about this whole kavanaugh thing it's a really sensitive time none of it's rachel butera's fault <laughs> yeah she didn't sexually assault anyone she's not a, a Senate Republican. She's not on the Judiciary yeah, Committee. Let's, let's, she's not part of the Trump administration. She's on our side. And let's she, focus our anger elsewhere. That's right. Not on someone who who made a, a really uh, a joke that was in really bad taste. Right. That's all it was. It was yeah. a joke in bad taste. I have made many, many. of them myself. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. This is a continuation of something we talked about two weeks ago, which was Bert and Ernie. And the whole are they gay or are they not gay controversy. Uh, but first, a rare ass correction. Huh? Uh, when we talked about this, we discussed the Muppet character who has autism. And I said she was Abby, Abby Kadabi. That is not correct. Her name is Julia. Oh, Julia right. has autism, not Abby Kadabi. What's Abby Kadabi's deal? She's just annoying as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Abby. There's no diagnosis. She's just a little she's bit. extra. Yeah. Shade. Thank you. Sorry, Abs. So here's what's new. Frank Oz mm -hmm. 
the puppeteer who actually did create Bert. Um, I think he created Bert, right? Or did he create Ernie? Anyway, one of them. He was the voice of one of them. Um, he has said over and over again that they are not gay. He's, he's agreed essentially with Sesame Street. And this all, again, came out because um, uh, a, a guy who had written for Sesame Street, Andrew Saltzman, um, said that he always wrote for them as if they were gay men. And then Mark Saltzman. And then Sesame Street came out and said, no, they're not gay. They're just best friends. So Frank Oz tweeted this past week, um, if Jim Henson and I had created Bert and Ernie as gay characters, they would have been inauthentic coming from two straight men. However, I have now learned that many view them as representative of a loving gay relationship, and that's pretty wonderful. Thanks for helping me understand. Thanks, Frank, but um, it's not enough for you. Are you oh, guys, no, you no, no, no. I just feel like, I mean, <clears throat> a week later or two weeks later or however many weeks later. I mean, I would have loved to have um, have had he changed his mind. That's great. But like, I, I would have loved to have had the support from him weeks ago. Sorry. I agree. Um, I, I think that the Sesame Street, I mean, listen, these Sesame Street creators, they're all like lefties. They're yeah. all on our side. I, I think know. they're trying so hard to protect the brand from the right wing, from coming under attack. PBS is already attacked all the time. The Children's Television Workshop is already attacked all the time. He just doesn't, I think he's trying to just play it safe. Yeah. Um, I appreciate the tweet. And on a separate note, Frank Oz characters are the only characters that I can do rather well. So what, what are his, uh, what are his- Well, he does Miss Piggy, most famously. Kermie, I love you. And then when she gets angry, she goes, oh yeah? <laughs> and then there's uh there's yoda uh-huh luke the force is with you it is inside you always that sounds like um fuzzy well is i that, think he does do does fuzzy. He do fuzzy he does grover he does fuzzy he does miss piggy but they all sort of come from the same place mm-hmm. it's in the back of the throat, throat. Burp. I, mm, I can do miss piggy but i can't do the others do miss piggy Kermy, i love you it's pretty good. It's okay. Jamie, I can really only do. Do you want to attempt? Kermie. Oh no, I know. I'm not a voice person. Here. I'm <laughs> who, not does, who does? Who N- does? Um, now do Christine Blasey Ford. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> that who does who? Uh, Kermit. That would originally was Jim Henson. Oh right, right, right. Kermit the Frog here. I can I do him Kermit a little bit, but it's a different part. That's in your nose, and that's also the voice of Ernie. Why Whereas are Bert there talks so like many? this. Songs about rainbows. Oh, What's look at on that. The other side? That's pretty good. <laughs> yes, wow. Come on, special skills. A vocal impersonation. All right. Now to a much uh, lighter, no, a much more serious topic. The opposite of a light topic. Yes. Um, okay. So in Berlin, Germany, mm-hmm. in case you didn't know, there is a gay club called the Kit Kat Club. Oh my god! Much like, like the, the, Kit Cu- the Kit Kat Club in the musical Cabaret, but this Kit Kat Club is a little different because it is a gay sex and fetish club. Club goers who attended a recent party on Saturday, September 29th, uh, are being warned to get tested immediately for meningitis. Because a man who attended what was called the Carne Ball Bazaar is now in critical condition and unable to speak about the sexual contact he had at the club. Officials are urging everyone to get tested and vaccinated. Um, there were, uh, uh, sorry, sorry. The infection takes place via liquids from the mouth and throat area. And as we all know, hmm. at a gay sex club, Those are... there's a lot of liquids yeah. in the mouth and throat area. Uh, Preventive treatment usually consists of taking antibiotics. Uh, Meningococcal meningitis is a serious disease. disease. Common symptoms include severe headache, high fever, chills, dizziness, uh, neck stiffness, and extreme malaise. Within a few hours, uh, a life-threatening situation can develop. Um, Now, why that's important to everyone, not just people who went to that club in Berlin, is that outbreaks of meningitis have occurred in the last five years in the U.S., Chicago, and L.A., I remember when it was happening here and my doctor said, you are a hoe (laughs) and you must get vaccinated immediately. And I did. Good. So if you are a slutty gay man 
mm-hmm. um, you should go out and get uh, go to your doctor or medical clinic and ask for the meningitis vaccines. I think you have to get two of them. Dr. Goldstein is nodding from the sofa. Uh, you have to come back a second time. Make sure you come back. But it is, it, you know, it's easily prevented if you get the vaccine, but it's real easily transmitted. So I don't know that much about meningitis, but when you say he's unable to speak about it, it's like he literally is unable to speak or. Yeah, like he can't even tell. You know, I think when, when these kind of outbreaks happen, they were like, who were you with? Do you remember any names? Do you remember what you did that night? He can't even help them out. Oh, so it, but it's not like he physically can't speak. No, he physically can't, oh, he can't. because of the meningitis. Okay, okay, okay. That's what I, that's what I was wondering. Um, this club is known for wild and raunchy sex acts being performed out in the open or in nooks and crannies. Mm, I love a nook and cranny. I know you do. Mm. So I like that you can get turned on by this story, even <laughs> though people are dying. <laughs> I'm not turned on. I just like a nook and cranny. Oh. I like that too. You're a pig. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Um, this is uh, this struck my uh, attention because, again, we are in such a crazy state politically right now. Yeah. And so I have a little bit of good news for you. Oh, we need it. Ryan and JB and listeners. 21 openly LGBTQ people are running for Congress this year. It's so amazing. It is a record-breaking year. Um the number of LGBTQ women-identified major party candidates rose 160% since 2016, which was the previous record high. Um, and in a 24% increase from 2016, uh, 21 openly LGBTQ candidates, all of whom are Democrats, thank you, won primaries for congressional seats this year. These include Eric Holguin, who is gay and Latino and running for Texas's 27th district, Kirsten Sinema, who is the only openly bisexual member of Congress and is now running for Senate in Arizona, uh, Joan Green, a lesbian small business owner who's running in Arizona's fifth, and on and on and on. I really urge you, wherever you live, to find out who your local Democratic candidate is, and particularly if they are LGBTQ or a person of color, you need to support them. And that means money, that means volunteering, phone banking, do whatever you can for these people, because the more of them that are in Congress, then the the fewer people like Brett Kavanaugh get confirmed to the Supreme Court. Yeah. This is, it's it's so strange because it's like you know on on one hand you you look at what's going on in the country and you think like how did we get here this is so terrible you know like it's like we're going backwards but then you look at a story like this and it's like there's hope you know like this is this is huge well, the, the fact w- that there's the, so many lgbtq um candidates running the one good thing that has come out of donald trump's election mm-hmm. donald trump being president is that there People are getting involved in the political process in a way that they really haven't since the 1970s. You know, during Vietnam and during the civil rights movement, which happened sort of con- concurrently, um, and the and the uh, feminist movement, you had all of these progressive movements, the LGBT rights movement. They all were happening kind of simultaneously throughout the 60s and 70s. And you had this horrible Vietnam War going on and, you know, young American men were getting killed in droves for this pointless war. So people, ordinary people, got super involved. Right. You know, they didn't sit around watching television like we do. They were actually out there marching, organizing, going door to door. Um, uh, staging sit-ins and protests. And we're starting to see that. I just saw the new Michael Moore documentary, um, Fahrenheit 11.9, which is devastating. Yeah, Really devastating and really terrifying. But one of the things that it makes you feel is just this glimmer of hope because he checks in with all of these movements that are happening and all of these candidates who are running for office for the first time. Just ordinary people, small business owners, laborers, people who don't have big money behind them they don't have they don't even have the party behind them because in a lot of cases they won the primary over the democratic party's objections and they're the only hope yeah for the future the future they're the only hope of things changing so um once again go to vote.org register show up on election day i don't care how many hours you have to wait in line i don't care you know how much work you have to miss this election is more important than your job it's our civic duty thank you Thank you. And now it's time for this week's Cocktails and Cock Talk story. 
And now, time for another stupid story from Cocktails and Cocktalk.com. Yeah, suck my cock. Now, one of the reasons we call these stories stupid is that I often I will read a story on Cocktails and Cock Talk that doesn't appear anywhere else. Right. <laughs> this one in particular seems very unlikely. And if it is happening, I don't understand why they're the only news outlet that's reporting it. But here's what they say. In Puerto Vallarta, media outlets have reported an increase in naked men being tied to posts. Police have received a number of calls of men found naked with bruises on their backs and buttocks, often found with the letter R or the word rata, which translates to rat, somebody who snitches, mm -hmm. though they hadn't snitched. And they and when police question them, they won't say who did this to them or why. I really wish someone would answer that fucking door. Girl. Cocktails and Cock Talk says in this circumstance, it would make more sense that the odd attack was revenge for them snitching. You know, if someone steals for you, you kind of want your laptop back, not their clothes. People, police continue to investigate. What really caught my eye here was there was a picture of one of these guys tied to a post and he looked like a porn star. Oh my God. He was super hot. He had this amazing ass. And I just don't understand how these naked gay men are being tied to posts and there are no witnesses and, uh, and no alive. one knows why it's ha they're al they're barely harmed they have like minor bruising so it's it it might not do you think it's like against their will or you think that they're like there's consent i don't think it's happening well i think they just took a picture of a model tied to a post and made up the story i mean i hope it's not happening it's I, awful yeah, if it is happening yeah. um but we will keep our eye on this and if anyone can find this story on any other news outlet in cocktails and cock talk they include a a tv clip from a mexican local television station in which they're talking about this and that yeah. seems to be their source but again like i did a vast google search and i couldn't find any well, we other were sources. just we were in Puerto Vallarta. we didn't see anything i did not see one naked man tied to a post i did see ryan naked in the shower douching his puss having a wonderful time with a uh Shower piece. I think about that shower every single day. It was a very special shower. My puss has never been cleaner. Um, and finally, before we get to our wonderful in-studio guest, Apple's new measuring app may not work properly when it comes to measuring your dick. <laughs> I have not. Have you tried this? I have not. Okay. I good. know how big my dick I is. I mean, I do too, but like... I I just, and I'm not happy about it. I know. Um, there's a new measuring app in iOS 12. Uh, and uh, but people are finding that it's very unreliable that, you know, you measure your dick once and it says it's six inches. And then you measure it again and it says it's eight inches. Um, it <laughs> I'm pretty sure this app was not meant to be used to measure your dick. I'm pretty sure that's not well, the purpose. I think that's right. You're probably right. But, but I also think that dicks. My dick is, you know, can be many different lengths depending on the time of day. My dick can be many things. My, it can be whatever it wants to my be. My dick is is very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say versatile because that's not correct. <laughs> um, it, it changes. On cold days when I am not in any way titillated, my dick is like a half an inch. Inside you can barely you. see it. Uh, when it's hot outside and I'm turned on, people go, oh, it's, it's a nice dick. It's not bad. I mean, you've seen my dick. Yeah. At, at I've we seen it in, in all forms. And not because we've ever hooked up, because we haven't. No. Um, but because we, I performed naked on a yes. stage in the Poconos, and for my grand finale, I came out hard. Thank you. Anyway, uh, bottom line, if you really want to measure your dick, and really, if you're over 16, you probably have already done this, just use an old-fashioned measuring tape or a ruler. You really don't need to uh, get fancy Keep with the classic. apps. Um, real quick... Pride update. Hit it, JB. Woo, that's loud. River City Pride in Jacksonville, Florida is celebrating its 40th anniversary this week. Trinity Taylor will be the entertainer. Ooh. And down in Jamaica, it's Montego Bay Pride. And this is really amazing because Jamaica is a tough place to be openly gay. They, they're sometimes rated the most anti-gay country in the world. Um, so please go to facebook.com slash Pride and like the Facebook page. They only have 964 Facebook followers and there's a lot of hate on that page. So 
like their page, show your love. Put and some love on that I page. wish everyone in Montego Bay and St. James, Jamaica, a really happy, healthy, fun pride. All right. And now it's time for our guest segment, and I am so excited. Uh, today's guest is a man who has been deeper inside my hole than any person on earth. He is a general surgeon and the founder and CEO of Bespoke Surgical, a medical practice here in New York City devoted to the sexual health of gay men. Please welcome to the ass a man who's an expert in ass, Dr. Evan Goldstein. Thank you, thank you. Hey, nice Dr. Goldstein. Hi. What a pleasure. How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's the first time I've seen you where you haven't needed to poke around in my hole. I, I guess I still could. No, still we early. could do an on-air examination. <laughs> All right. Like Katie Couric when she had her colon <laughs> inspected. Um, my first question is, how would you describe my hole to the listeners? I think after I operated on it, I think it's perfect. Yes, I did have anal warts mm. and, and, uh, and hemorrhoids together. If that doesn't turn on the listeners, I don't know what will. <laughs> Um, but but it looks good now, right? I think it looks awesome. What but you, I haven't seen it in a little bit. You've seen it in a couple a couple weeks ago. We did oh, yeah. a, my follow up. You but said, you've been busy in the last couple of weeks. Put your face right into that <laughs> microphone. I don't want I don't want to miss anything. You don't know how busy I've been. How dare you? What made you want to focus on this specialty? Um, I just saw that there was a need. Um, I felt like where where are people from our community going for non judgmental kind of non biased care? You know, and I always say that, uh, you know, I'm not into fisting, but if you're into fisting, that's awesome. How do we support that? How do we kind of risk assess it? And how do we make sure that uh, people are living their sexual lives exactly how they want? It's awesome. What is, uh, I'm going to ask you for tips yeah, for being totally. a better top and a better bottom and a better verse, but I kind of want to get an idea. What's the biggest dick that a person can or should have up his ass. Because, I, you know, I, I have friends that have toys that are just ridiculously large, and I always think you're going to damage yourself. I think the reality is, is that yeah, there's a lot. It's multifactorial. People's pelvises, the size of what, you know, the capacity can actually take. I think the issue that we every always, ass is different. Every hole is different. Every hole is that's special. the beauty of my business. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but with it, the problem is, is that people think that you can go from nothing to that big fucking thing and it just take it. And I that used to just, think that, and that just doesn't happen. I mean, that's why I have a business, right? You know, mm -hmm. people get injured that way. So I think. If someone wants to get that big, it's a gradual process. Some people can't even get there, and they need me to help them, either to kind of dilate surgically so I can kind of get them more relaxed, or the use of Botox, which allows for kind of that full relaxation. A lot of people also... Botox helps you take bigger dick? Yeah. And so, like, for instance, I see a lot of clients that come to me who are really seasoned bottoms, and they're dating someone that's new, and their cock is fucking huge. Wow. And with that being said, oh, I said the word. Hung like a donkey. <laughs> so, and they can't get there. And, and, it, and it obviously crimps the relationship, right? Yes. I mean, and so when people come to me, we talk about certain techniques that they can do to get there on their own. And sometimes it doesn't work. And then they need me to kind of do that. Um, and so the people that you see with those huge, huge cocks um, or toys, it just takes time. It takes practice. And then on the other side, it's, it can be detrimental, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so I think that understanding what we can do if you want to take that, how do we train it as a muscle that it can go back to what it's supposed to so that you can do this for long times? But even without the training, are there some men who are just physiologically better at taking dick than others? Because it seems to me that there is. Yes. I think, and again, I think it's a lot of the, the people that I see are much more seasoned, a little bit older. Um, a little bit more muscular, oh. um, you know, kind of like you, Ed. Yeah, <laughs> all except the muscular part. I'm mean, definitely seasoned and older. But but um, but so but <clears throat> even as it, let's say there's two 25 year old guys who are relatively new to well, that's too old. Let's say two 18 year old <laughs> men. Don't come for 25 year olds, okay? I could take dick real well, any size, any time, any place. Thank you very much. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> no, oh, right. excuse no, us. I offended Who's JB. that guy? JB's our associate producer. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Um, two 18-year-old guys, you know, barely had any anal sex. Can one of them just naturally be better at it? Yes, but I think a lot of that, again, is multifactorial. But a lot of people are just able to relax appropriately um, and or train themselves in a way to do that. 
when you see the seasoned bottoms, a lot of them are starting very early. Mm -hmm. And you know, the 16 year old cock is not huge, right? And so they're kind of gradually dilating themselves. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> when I was 14, as that's when I lost my virginity, my boyfriend was 16 and he was eight and a half inches thick. I think, well, no, like he was eight and a half inches and thick. Oh, and thick. Not eight and a half. I took his dick with no lube and it was in my memory very easy, much easier than it would be today for me. So what happened to my hole? <laughs> oh my god! I don't know. I think we, I think that's more like a forty-minute visit yeah. in my office. <laughs> well, why can't I take dick like that anymore? <laughs> you can't take dick. I think again, I think it's like you see the kids anyway on the you. street. You see, uh, you see the kids on the street that get run over by a car, and all of a sudden they bounce right back. Yeah, that was you at sixteen. <laughs> or maybe you just wanted it so much because some of it's got to be psychological, yeah, right? I know that when I'm super turned on, I'm a much better bottom than when I'm kind of like. Mm. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about tips for being. Uh, first, a better bottom, and then for being a better top. And when I say better, I mean uh, pleasing yourself and your partner. Sure. I mean, I think one of the first things is practice. You know, it's a muscle, right? So mm -hmm. it's like anything. If you're not going to use it, you lose it, I tell people. So the bottoms that bottom frequently every week, right. a couple times a week, um, are really able to continue on that process. The people that are like these verse top guys that say they're verse, but they're never really bottoming, um, they get a lot of injury just because they're not kind of constantly using it. So if you're going through times where you're not having anal, you need to dilate. So just put some, you know, anal butt plugs near the shower, right before you shower, just a couple of minutes of kind of anal play to kind of allow you. And a lot of that is that mental capacity where you're kind of learning and training. There are people that you top where they're able to completely open their hole yeah. and accept you from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people can actually do that. Um, can you do that, Ed? No. <laughs> I can't do it. Definitely not. No. I always say like, slow, 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 <laughs> like whenever we start. And then... You know, as I said, if it's really, if I'm into it, then I'm like, all right, go for it. Right. right. I need I, 90 seconds at least. 90 seconds of slow and like, and then I am. But some, some tips to do that is like, if you can, pre-dilate. So like the guy's coming over, you know you're going to be the bottom in that position. Right. You know, using some butt plugs, using, using like uh, lube shooters are awesome because they kind of lubricate the entire canal. Ooh. They're like basically like a syringe that you shoot up your ass. Wow. And, and I endorse those because the problem is, is that people are just so inclined to use spit or like the guy just puts a little bit on his cock and then tries to stick it in and it's like, dude, chill, chill the fuck out. But some you people know? think spit is actually the best lube. Right. You're here to say no. No, no, it's not. Yeah, it's I, not at all. Um, there's some really good lubes. I out mean, that there was the original lube for yeah. many of us. Yes, absolutely. 100%. But, but I think, you know, trying to analyze your hole specifically and figuring out how do you train it just like you go to the gym and train any other muscle. There are days that you want to kind of contract that muscle. And then there are days that you want to kind of relax that. And the people that are doing that frequently or are attuned to their body can actually accept what they want when they want and really allow it to be a long lasting situation. It sounds to me like there's definitely a physical and a psychological component to it. Totally, 100%. And the mental capacity is a lot what I deal with. You know, a lot of it is trying to kind of prove to people that, you know, when you're in the operating room and I can kind of see how open can you actually go, that there are people that can go completely open, but the second that they're awake, mentally they're completely tight and spastic in that area, right? right? And so it's kind of- I think of, I'm tight and spastic. I think you may. I, I don't know you that well, but I think you're <laughs> definitely spastic. What are some things that a top can do to, to make this experience more pleasant for his partner? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, the same is communication. We talk a lot about that. And obviously, you don't know in the beginning stages of uh, you know a hookup or whatnot. But I think, one, the best tops are bottoms because they can kind of understand, all right, the initial entry and what's the right way to do it. I think a better tip on the bottom side is the initial should be the control of the bottom. So really making sure that like you're in a position so that if the top doesn't actually know what they're doing, that you're in control enough so that you could prevent injury. You mean like sitting on it? Yeah. I think the pre-dilation, the pre-lubrication, and then you saying, all right, just lay there. Let me kind of get in. 
and kind of you being able to maneuver the cock to get it where you want to. And then once you're in that rhythm and it's kind of opened up and ready to go, then you can kind of go that route. But as a good top, it's that initial entry, right? When you're like, dude, 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 slow the fuck down. You know, it's right. like, like you shouldn't necessarily, if the top knows what he's doing, it should be that kind of understanding that there's three sets of muscles that are there. You have to relax every one of those. Each one relaxes at a different time. And so that entry of like, when you say slow, 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 it's trying to get each muscle to kind of slowly relax. And if you're a good top, go in a little bit, hold it there, kind of don't move, let it kind of relax a little bit, pop back out, re-lubricate, do it again, and kind of getting into the cycle of you know that technique. But now, like, <clears throat> I think communication is very important, of course, but I feel like there are some bottoms or there's just this idea of like, you know, just take it and like the minute that you ask, like, does that feel good? Are you okay? Like, you know, please stop, whatever, slow, 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 that that's like suddenly a turnoff and that like some people don't want to hear that or don't want, you know, they just want everything to. I think that just goes back to why people think that you're a bottom, you are, you know, want to be taken, right? right? You know, that that kind of dominating, you know, exactly yeah. submissive thing, which is total bullshit. I mean, I you know? do want to be, but I can't. That's the problem. <laughs> like, psychologically, I'm one of those, like, submissive bottoms. But physically, I'm like, oh, it hurts. Oh, stop. I'm the worst. This is why I don't True. have a boyfriend. <laughs> Are you pro or anti-poppers? So I think the issue is, is that you have to first prove to me that you're capable of taking what you're supposed to take without poppers. Mm. Because the problem is, is that it's so good at that euphoric kind of pain control that you don't necessarily know when you're injured. Yeah. Um, and so I usually tell people like, I'm all for sexual exploration with the use of drugs and whatever you wanna do, as long as it's done in a safe way and there's ways to make sure that everybody in that is appropriate. But, from a bottoming and sex to bottom perspective, I'm more of show me first that you can take it, and then if you wanna go on the sexual exploration, I'm okay with that. Yeah, one time on an Atlantis cruise, I was on ecstasy, and I took a very thick dick, and when it was happening, I was like, this feels great, I'm fine with this, this doesn't hurt at all, and then I like bled for a week. That's exactly right. So it's that's where that you really can, can injure yourself. Totally, totally, I mean, I think again, you know, this, the exploration from drugs can kind of bring you down many different paths. Some are good trips and Addiction, some are bad trips. Death, right? <laughs> yes. But I think from a bottoming perspective, again, it's trying to set the stage for success, making sure that everything is lubricated and you're kind of going through the same motions that you would without the drugs and then supplementing it in a way that's just safe. Well, I think that like, you know, everything that you've talked about in terms of communication and just like all of these different cues that you can give and whatever, I think that if it's done right, you don't necessarily need poppers. Like I, I, I really don't, I'm, I'm starting to learn that I don't need them. I think I need them, it definitely helps, but I feel like if you're with someone that's communicating with you and if you're- And that you're actually into. And you're into, I mean, you know. I agree with but you. But were you using them for pure relaxation or were you using them just because from a psychological, mental perspective, you were like into I, it? I think both, I think I, I thought, I that it would help me. I think like I, I psychologically thought I can't take this without the help of this, but also like it, it does feel good. I mean, you know, it's all kind of all these things working together and it, it, it feels good, but I don't, they're not good for you. I feel like you. Yeah, right? I, mean, I mean, I think that every time you use it, it's like uh, when I was in Fish or Grateful Dead shows, and you take the, you know, the nitrous, and you walk away just a little bit stupider. What causes brain damage? <laughs> right, right, exactly. And, and also, not a good idea to use with Viagra. Correct. Correct. There's, a, there's definitely some interactions with lots of different medications. I mean, we just wrote, and I was quoted a little bit in a Huffington Post article on CBD oils and the use in anal sex. And kind of, you know, a lot of people are using CBD. In, what is that? Yeah. So it's basically THC that take away kind of the hallucinogenic kind of heady stuff. Um, and it pretty break, much take away the paranoia. It's pure. Yeah. It's pure weed. And it's pure weed, but it's mostly, it's like. JB knows, of course. It's on an anxiety perspective. <laughs> it's, it's kind of to lower that anxiety level like we spoke about in terms yeah. of the tightness that's there. Right. 
And, and they were asking me questions on, you know, can we use it on an anal sex perspective? And yes, so there's CBD oils that you can take, obviously, orally. You can do it. Lubricants have it. There's some um, suppositories that you could place. And with that, it's kind of interesting that you see the same effects as the poppers, where you're getting that localized relaxation, but yet you don't have that heady kind of a world um, that if you didn't want that, if you just wanted the relaxation. Again, I would recommend doing that on your own before you get to that big <laughs> yeah. old dick so that you can know what the deal is with that. I want to save a lot of time for Ask Me No Questions, which is a segment we do sure. every week, but I think you're going to be like uniquely qualified for, <laughs> for this segment. Um, but I want to know, what's the best way to clean out this is... be before sex? Because I have very specific thoughts on this. Okay. You want to give I us want your to hear thoughts the, first? I want to hear the professional thoughts. Okay. There currently is nothing out there that I would endorse. Really? Currently. There wow. may be stuff coming out in the future. Wait, so not just a regular douche bottle with regular water? So the problem is, is that everything that's out there right now, whether it's water or whether you're using fleet or saline, is actually toxic to the area. And when you look at studies that are there, um, they look at kind of gay males that are using this type of apparatus, either a water-based, a shower, or an enema. Um, and actually, they're bacteria in the anal canal becomes what's considered pathologic, that the good bacteria goes away and you're left with this bad bacteria. And when you look at that, the STI rate, sexually transmitted disease, HIV rate, that's still so rampant in our community, they feel as if that that is a sequelae of douching, okay? Because when you're distending and when you're using those substances, you're creating so much trauma in the area that then you engage anally with these open sores. Now, you don't feel them because internally there's no nerves to sense that. But when you look, when I look in there after someone douches, I can tell someone that's douching once or twice a day, people that are using it not only for sex, some people do it just to shit the right way. But you can see that, and you could see higher incidences of anal warts, you could see trauma, you could see obviously the STD transmission component to it. So realistically, if you and I were to line up 10 guys and tell them not to prep themselves, and we would send Adam to go fuck them all, probably <laughs> maybe one would actually have stool or some element of kind of a messy situation. I've read that quote from you, and it's hard to believe because those of us who have been having anal sex for decades know that it's, it, you know, it's not that it's unusual messy. for someone to be messy. So I think, again, a lot of that is trying to figure out other ways to make sure that you're bulking your stool. Yes. So fiber I, content. Right? I swear by fiber. Right. So and for me... Soap and water and fingers. That's all I've. That's all I ever. Totally. Use. And you know, again, I see a lot of ass. I see like seventy assholes a week. Okay. Wow. With that being said, I look up them. I look up them, and I could see the shit higher up, but where cock and where we're playing is actually quite clean. So, I mean, I think it's a culture. Uh, it, this is not going to change people's minds to do it. People are going to do it. We're, you know, the goal is to try and kind of create a safe haven for people to not have these issues occur. All right. We have six minutes left. It's time to play Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Yeah. What's the weirdest thing you've ever had to remove from someone's ass? Oh, it was kind of terrible. It was uh, it was like a rape situation, and oh. um, the kid came in, didn't speak much English, and uh, and was in so much pain. I took him to the operating room, and I actually I did an X-ray first, and I thought it was a right guard can, you know, like the spray, oh. and it was like not the little one. It was fucking yeah. big. Um, and white when I took him and put him to sleep, I was able to get it out, and it was butane. Um, they, that he was in a bad situation and it was in a club or whatever it was and someone stuck the butane like lighter fluid refills you oh know the big God. fucking things it was awful it, way it, to bring down the room oh, oh man <laughs> i don't I'm even so know sorry. where to go from sorry there. sorry but, uh, but there was horrible. no it was horrible he was so thankful and like that we worked through a lot of emotional trauma from it but that was pretty fucking crazy what's Oof. what's the best position for butt sex it just depends on time, you know, like where you are in, in the in the actual engagement. So the first let's is say like, it's on the street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, on the street, just kind of just in the corner. Didn't you say you loved it? Looks and <laughs> yes. 
but so does, there is no best position. I think the best position is when the bottom's actually in control. Personally, I mean, I think that's you sitting on, on someone and you being in control is is that is the safest. But there's a lot that you need to know, and hopefully, with kind of how we're bringing with the social media and Instagram and everything that we're doing, where we talk about positions and then you figure out to say, oh, what's the best for me? The mm -hmm. pelvis changes, how big the dick is, mm -hmm. where is it, how tall are you, how tall are they, what position are you in? All of that kind of changes what's the best. That's true. So I'm sorry. Is there a male G-spot? And if so, where is it? Yeah, it's, it's the prostate. I mean, uh, it, and it's anterior, if you know what that means. It's just like, it's towards the front. So if you're in there, you have your hand up. Don't worry about me. This is for the host. Oh. It's okay. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. thank you. Oh, uh, he's like, telling me there's five minutes. I thought left. he wanted to be like, I know where the G spot Wait, is. I got this. <laughs> I got the G he spot. He does know. <laughs> so um, it's actually towards the front. Like if you're in and you're angling towards the penis testicle area, you're going to hit the prostate. It's about like three to four centimeters inside the ass. Um, so even if you have a small dick, you should be able to hit that. Absolutely. The problem is you don't want to hit it so much because then it gets irritated, you get prostatitis, it causes pain. So a lot of people like fingering or like the specific prosthetic toys that kind of just gently rub on it. If you're banging on it really hard, then you know, then you wind up going to a urologist and you got to go on antibiotics and you have blood in your cum and it's oh, just a oof. fucking mess. Well, so don't go too hard on it, please. Ryan and I have a friend whose name rhymes with Schmeffrey, and he says that there is a second G-spot further in. If you can get something really deep in there, that there's some incredible... I would probably say that I get it, but the majority of people think it's a painful spot. Um, you know, because it's where the it's where the angle changes in the pelvis and the colon, and then there are people that fisters love that spot because you can get there, and then you can kind of maneuver that. But most people, when they're hitting like that spot, show. they're not happy with that. How often do people have accidents in your office? What define an accident? Like they take a dump. Oh. <laughs> Meaning, like, before they come in, or, like, while I'm examining yes. them? Oh, no, 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 no. Very, very rare. Once in a while, you get, like, a fart. Like, like, like. But you don't, but during surgery, I know that it happened with me. Oh, oh. I was a mess. Yeah, but there there definitely are a couple. It's few and far between, you know? Um, I have, like, some gauze that I can just shove the shit You're back like, up there. Just, no, <laughs> so so we're like, up. I don't need to look at it. Has anyone ever come while you were examining them? Um, Pre-cum? Pre-cum, yeah. Some they get people, hard. Some it, people get a little bit hard, but I'm, I'm nice. pretty professional. Yeah. Does I'm, anyone I'm ever say, hard. like, deeper when you're um, examining them? I, I think you did that. I dare you. <laughs> Only in my mind. Um, there, there are definitely people that, and I, like, quickly kind of move the subject away from pleasure. No, you know, you stick, like, some kind of, like, scope in yes. there when you're examining yeah, me yeah. that does not feel good. Mm. But Dr. Pacheco... When I went to see him, he put his finger in, and I don't normally like fingers, but he had the perfect size finger. Ooh. And he goes, okay, this feels good. And I was like, for me too. <laughs> yeah. I need to make what, what was the response there? Uh, I didn't actually say <laughs> I don't like to creep doctors out. Uh, my father's a doctor. Have you ever told a patient, I think your butt is telling you no mas, por favor? <laughs> no, but I, but I do operate on... Obviously, a lot of ass that goes awry, right? Uh -huh. um, and I'm just, I just kind of say it like it is that, like, I don't know if I could fix this in one go. Okay, I really go. need like several goes in order I to make that happen. I wish we could happen. play that. I know we I have we, we have a, one of our callers called in once and she was talking to me. It was yeah. after I had the surgery, and she said, "I think your butt is telling you." No mas, por favor. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's part of our opening. Uh, <laughs> that's bullshit. Gail from Florida. Gail, there's your shout out. We love you, girl. Love I will. I will get you back to where you want to be. I hope so. Love well, it. you actually helped me because you prescribed the butt plug kit for me, which comes in three sizes. It's available on yes. Amazon for like twelve bucks, and I do use. I'm not, I'm now up to the largest size, oh, which is not that large. I'm, I'm impressed. And though. I, I as I'm showering. I put it in a few times a week because I really don't want to get to a point where everything is closed down. Um, Dr. Goldstein, how can people follow you and Bespoke Surgical online and keep up with uh, yeah, all Yeah, so um, Bespoke stuff? Surgical, Instagram, Facebook, all the social channels. We do uh, medium.com. We blog tales from the tale on a lot of <laughs> awesome kind of client stories. I don't, I didn't talk about Adam on that though, as of yet. Um, you can, listen, my, my ass is an open book. <laughs> um, Instagram, obviously. And then if you want to see me, I have a partner. We have two kids. I kind of live this kind of wacky world. 
world. So Dr. Evan Goldstein on Insta as well. Um, and then, uh, you know, obviously through my LA practice and New York, um, you can give us a call or email us and Dr. I'm always available. Dr. Evan Goldstein from Bespoke Surgical. Thank you so much thank for coming you, in. Ryan and I will be back next Saturday for a new episode. Our guest next week yeah. is legendary celebrity journalist and best-selling author Kevin Sessoms. Subscribe to DerekAndRomaine.com. Don't forget to follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Have a great week, bitches, and remember to clean your hole. And vote. And vote. Register. Bye. Bye.